Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 5. and In Acts chapter 4, we see the uh, Holy Spirit working through the apostles as uh, Peter and John go to the temple uh, to, uh, uh, to a prayer service actually. And there they see, as they're walking in the gate of beautiful, they they see the lame man who has never walked in over 40 years of life. He's never stepped on his own two feet, and uh, he's asking for money. And Peter reaches out his arm, pulls him up to his feet, and says, "In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk." And not only does the man stand up, but he begins to walk, and as he starts taking steps, and he sees that he can walk. And he starts leaping in the air and he's praising God. And the next thing you know, he's standing in the temple with with Peter and John. And, and a big crowd is gathered and Peter takes advantage of the opportunity and he preaches to the crowd, Jesus, men and women are, are being saved. They're coming to Christ and uh, the church is just exploding. It's going well. It's strong and it's growing every day. It, it, it says over and over in Acts that the Lord added to the church daily that was being saved the church is unified we we saw how the 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 place that they were at where they were located when they prayed at the the end of their prayer the place shook with the power of god god is working in mighty ways through his people and through the apostles he's growing his kingdom everything is just so awesome until we get to chapter five and there's something that happens here in chapter five and, it, and it's actually going to get uh, worse uh, later on in, in another chapter. But at the end of chapter 4, it says that the people, the Christians, were selling everything that they had. And even though they were selling everything that they owned, they got to, to still own their possessions. They, they still got to own their properties, their houses, their land, whatever they were selling. But they were, they were selling what they had so they, they could take the money to the apostles. And that way, the, the people that had needs, their needs could be met. The, the, the apostles had the money. They just pulled all this money together. And when a need was known by the apostles, the apostles would uh, help meet that need by giving that money. So everybody had an opportunity to take part. You can sell your house, sell your, you know, well, your livestock, you know, your your land that you own, whatever, and you got to keep it, but the money went to the apostles to meet people's needs, and you had the choice to do that. And, and, and I, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that all of them took uh, place in that, but I'm sure many of them did, if not all of them. But in chapter 5 is where a problem uh, arises. Um, at the end of Acts chapter 4, verses 34 through 37, it says this, There were no needy people among them, talking about the Christians, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, and so they give us an example here, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. 
He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. And then you come over to Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and you got to remember that uh, chapter breaks were put in by man. They were not in the original uh, Greek text. Uh, and so they're just really for our convenience. So these two chapters would go back to back. Uh, and when it says he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles, but there was a certain man named... So there's two examples given here. There's a good example and there's a, a, a really bad, horrible example. And it says, but there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. Well, that, that's good. Their heart was started out being right. It started out being in, they wanted to do what was right. And they wanted to help meet people's needs. And so they sold uh, their property. And it says, he brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount with his wife's consent. Keep that in mind. He kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And as soon as Ananias heard these words, get this, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. And then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out, and they buried him. And about three hours later, verse 7 says, His wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter asked her, Was this the price that you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they're going to carry you out too. And verse 10 says, Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And verse 11 says, Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who had heard what had happened. Let's break this down for a second. So you have... Uh, a good example in Joseph who sold some land, sold a house, and he brought all of his money to the apostles. And that's what everybody was doing that participated in this. But here's Ananias and Sapphira who claimed that they have brought all their money that they sold their property for to the apostles when in fact they left a portion at home. So they sold some property. They collected X amount of dollars. They're willing to do the right thing for they were bringing the money to the apostles just like everybody else was doing, right? The problem is they didn't bring all of the money and they lied about it. We sold this property for X amount of dollars and we have brought you X amount of dollars when actually they only brought uh, Y amount of dollars or Z amount of dollars, whatever letter you want to throw in there. Say they sold the property for $10,000 and they only bring $7,000, and they kept $3,000 at home. The Bible doesn't say how much they sold the property for. It, it doesn't really matter. The fact is they lied about how much they sold the land for and how much money they have brought to the apostles. 
they told the apostles that uh, this is it, this is the mount, and they lied. But not they're not lying to the apostles. They are actually lying to God. And, that, and we're going to see the dangers of that. Uh, you you can see some things going on here besides the lying. They they are filled with greed. They are being selfish because uh, just like Peter told them, you didn't have to participate in this. You chose to do so, and this this money could have been used to help a lot of other people, and you were going to get it back. You're not losing anything. You're you're helping other people with with what you're doing and with this money but you have lied you have you have been greedy and you have been selfish uh with with your money and 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 there's a price to pay for that so they planned this together husband and wife and they were both in agreement with their sin and the thing is that they didn't have to sell their stuff. Like I mentioned a while ago, it was their choice to sell. It was their choice to say, we sold it for this much. It was their choice. They chose to sell their property so that they could help others. And like I said, their heart started out in the right place. Because of their sin, though, they have disrupted the unity of the church. And God makes an example out of them. Whether you think it's fair or not, that doesn't matter. But God is going to make an example out of them to show the church the consequences of sin, and that he means business. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And when that says, that For the wages of sin is death, death is, separ is a separation. And so there is a price to pay for sin, and that's our sin separates us from God, and that's what makes Jesus so important in what He did on the cross, and 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 death, burial, and the resurrection. Because He built that bridge, He 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 reconciled us, if you will, back to God. He has made us friends again with God. And yet here's Ananias and Sapphira taking advantage of of basically of what Jesus has done. They're taking advantage of God, and they get called out on it. Now, like I said, this seems extreme to us. But uh, Ananias and Sapphira had many chances to right their wrong here. Now, I just want to share a few of them with you. Um, here's some, here, here's some uh, chances they had to right their wrongs. When they conjured up the plan, they knew they were wrong. They knew they were doing wrong. They could have said, nope, I'm not doing this. At least one of them, Ananias or Sapphira, could have spoken up and said, this is wrong. We're not doing this. We're going to do what's right. We're going to give all the money back or give all the money to the apostles so people can be helped. Ananias could have changed his mind as he was on his way to see the apostles and went back home and got the rest of the money, but he didn't. He kept on. He could have told the apostles there was more at, uh, at home, uh, more money at home, and he would bring it at a later time. That probably would have been okay, but he didn't do that. Sapphira could have changed her mind and did the right thing before going to see the apostles. See, she had no idea what has happened to her husband. And she could have changed her mind as she's walking to where the apostles are, but she didn't. She could have changed her mind on the way there. She didn't. Sapphira could have told Peter that there was more money at home as well, just like Ananias could have. 
and they didn't. She could have said, I'll just go back and go get it, but she didn't. And Peter asked her point blank, did you sell the property for this much money? And she said, point blank, yes, for this much money. So if my counting is right, that's at least seven chances that they had to choose to do the right thing, but they chose sin instead. When we come back from break, I want to give you an Old Testament example that this is uh, very close to. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry, and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk, and you get to be a part of this movement too. I'll see you there. So Ananias and Sapphira had plenty of chances to do the right thing, but they chose sin. And it may seem extreme to us with God striking them dead uh, and God using them in, as an example to the church and to the rest of the church that he does not play when it comes to sin. And, you know, we we want to think that, you know, God's a loving God and God's going to accept me any way I am. And But that's just not necessarily true. Yes, God is all loving. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But if we choose to live a life of sin, you can read Romans 6. Paul says, uh, do we just keep on sinning that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. No, he, you've been delivered by Jesus Christ from a life of sin. Sin is not your master anymore. You're not a slave to sin. You you are a slave to Christ. You, you are to serve Christ, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He says light and darkness can't dwell together. See, the, the, the two just doesn't mix. And so don't take God's love as a ticket to sin is what I'm trying to say. And, and before break, I said that this story of Ananias and Sapphira is very similar to one in the Old Testament. And that story is found in Joshua 7. And there's a guy by the name of Achan. Um, the Israelites were about to go into the promised land. This, this is a, 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 a land that has been promised way, it goes way back to Abraham and then Moses. And Moses was going to lead the people into the promised land but if you remember uh they sent the spies in and they said oh no we're not doing this so god made them wander around the wilderness for 40 years and moses uh got to go up on the mountain and see the promised land but he died on the mountain and joshua takes over and it's going to be joshua who leads the israelites into this promised land and so they come to the river jordan they cross over the red river jordan and they're 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 about to go conquer Jericho. And Jericho is a fortified city. 
And, and, and God told them that this was the land that he had promised to Abraham and to the Hebrew people. So uh, Joshua is, is going to lead them and they're going to march around uh, Jericho. And on the seventh day, you know, they shout and they sound the trumpets and, and, and these fortified walls that were thick enough to drive chariots on, they're going to fall. And so, uh, you know, they fall outward too, by the way. And, and the Israelites go in and they, they wipe out um, the people of Jericho. Um, and so God gives them some instructions as they're conquering these cities and and one of the instructions was that they were not to take certain things from their enemies when they go in and conquer their enemies and they were uh there were certain things that they were supposed to take and they were to be given to the lord in joshua 6 18 and 19 god says do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. So, in other words, God says, if you sin, if you go against what I'm telling you here, not only are you going to be held responsible, but I'm going to hold the whole camp of Israel responsible. And then he says in verse 19, everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. Well, Achan just couldn't resist, and so he's going to steal some stuff. He sees, um, we'll see here in just a few minutes, he sees a robe that just caught his eye, and that robe has some money in it and, and, and some valuables, and Achan grabs it, and, and, and he hides it in his tent, and he buries the money. And so uh, he, he, he hid the stuff in his tent, and, and he's thinking, nobody's going to know. I can go grab that real fast. Nobody's going to see me because there's nobody around. And I can go hide at my tent and nobody will ever know. And in a sense, he was right because evidently he got away with it. Because they're going to go to this little old village or town called Ai. And, and, and they're, they're, they're so confident that this battle is going to be easy. They, they're only going to take like 3,000 soldiers to go whip up on Ai, but what happens is they go to Ai and they get their butts kicked, and and I think 37, almost 40 Israelites are killed, and they're sent back down the mountain and they're running back to Joshua and to the camp and wondering what in the world is going on. Joshua's ripping his clothes and he's repenting before God and he throwing uh, dust on his head and he's bowing on his face before God for the whole day, and God says, dude. Get up. Get up. Because Joshua was saying, you brought us across the Jordan River to kill us. We're all dying. What's going on? We're supposed to be winning these battles. This is the land you promised us. And you said you were going to do this. And we're dying here. We're losing these battles. What? It gets a little old video AI after what you just did to Jericho. What's up with this, God? And God says, dude, dude, there's, there's sin in the camp. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm right here. I'm still leading you. But there's a problem. There's sin in the camp. You see, no one knew that Achan had taken this stuff and carried it to his tent. But God did. God knew it the whole time. And so what ends up happening is they, the next day, God tells them to gather up all the families 
gather up all the tribes of Israel, bring them together, and so they, they break it down by tribe, and then they break it down by family, and then they break it down by Achan. And, and I, 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 I believe they're casting lots each time, and the lot's falling on, on the right person <laughs> until it gets down to Achan. And in Joshua... He says, I, you know, what, what have you done, dude? And so he confesses and he says, When I saw the plunder, a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. All of this stuff, <clears throat> some, some things that, that I looked up, said that this stuff was worth less than $1,000. And because Achan coveted this stuff and chose to sin against what God said to do or not to do, Achan is punished and the whole nation of Israel was punished, not just Achan. And we'll see what happens to Achan here in just a second. But the battle they, that they lost there at Ai should have been easy peasy. But yet they, they lost almost 40 soldiers. They died because of Achan's sin that nobody even knew about. They were defeated and sent back down the mountain to their camp and crying out to Joshua. And Joshua crying out to God. And so here's what happens to Achan. The people, Joshua and the Israelites, they take Achan and his family, including his wife, his sons and his daughters and all of his livestock and everything that he owned, they stone Achan, they stone his wife, they stone his sons, they stone his daughters, they kill the livestock, and they bury them all together. And then Joshua 7.26 says, Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. And you see, Israel learned real quick that you don't mess with God. And then from then on, they started winning their battles, and God delivered them into the land of promise. And so this is very similar, in my opinion, to what went on with Ananias and Sapphira. And I, and I say that because of this. Their church is new. It's unified, just like Israel was, going into the land of promise. God was with the church, and He's working miracles through the apostles, so the kingdom grows just as He was with Israel. And he worked miracles for them as well. Like I said, that wall was so thick you could drive chariots on the top of it. And yet, just by them marching around seven times and blowing the trumpets, God made those walls fall so that they could go in and conquer Jericho. Sin entered and disturbed the unity, but God revealed it to the leaders. Covetousness, greed, selfishness, the families involved were dealt with immediately. You have Achan and his family. You have uh, Ananias and Sapphira. They were made examples by God. And God saying, look, don't mess with me. This is sin. This is, this is what I say to do or not to do. You better do it or you don't do it. And if you, if you go against my word, boom, this is what happens. I'm going to make an example of you. And so... Even if we agree with it or not, we may think it's harsh and we may not think that it's fair. Look, anything that God does 
Any choice that God makes is the right choice, and any act that God does is the right act. He is righteous. He he knows what he's doing, and we may not agree with it, but that doesn't matter. Uh, God is God. He is sovereign, and so everything that he does is right. Everything that he chooses is the right thing to choose. All of this could have been avoided by repenting, but they went through with the plan that they both agreed to. And so what I want us to keep in mind as we get ready to close this podcast is this. Sin has consequences. Even today, sin has consequences. We, we might not be literally dying you know, at the feet of the apostles or being stoned by you know, our neighbors uh, because of our sin. But when we choose to sin... And that and sin is going against God's word. That's what that's just a simple definition of sin. When we choose to sin, there is a price to pay. Now you may think you got away with that sin just because nobody saw you. Uh, and in this day and time, it, it's so easy to sin and get away with it. And we think that nobody sees us, but somebody does see us every time that we sin, and that's God. There's no, I believe it's Psalm 139 where David says, Dude, there is nowhere I can go that I can get away from you. Everywhere I go, if I go here, if I go there, if I go to the, 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 the depths of the sea, it, you're everywhere I go. I can't get away from you. So God sees everything that we do, and he knows everything that we do. And he tells us there's consequences to sin. And look, if you were to get caught in your sin, you will pay immediate consequences. With God, if you continue to live a lifestyle of sin, there will be a price to pay one day. Oh, you might not got, have gotten caught by somebody here on earth, but God knows. And if we continue to live a life of sin, a lifestyle of sin, then there's a price that we're going to have to pay, and that's hell. Um, I mean, you can either choose to believe that or not. That, that's your choice. But if you choose not to believe it, it doesn't change the fact that hell exists. And if we lose, if we live a life of sin, that's where we're going. So there, there is a price to pay if we choose to sin. And if you get caught by somebody, I mean, you can you see it all over the news every day, where a preacher has you know made this bad decision and and you know whatever he stole money from the church or he he's laundered money or he he's he's had an extramarital affair or, or whatever there's consequences and not only does those consequences of sin affect you yourself they affect your spouse they affect your children they affect your the church that you attend they affect your family, your brothers, your sisters, your whoever. They, they affect all kinds of people. But most importantly, it affects, sin affects our relationship with God. Because when we choose to sin, instead of choosing to do what is right, our sin, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, separates us from God. That's why it's so important that we recognize that we are in sin and that we repent 
of our sin and ask God to forgive us and and and, and draw uh, our, and pray that God would draw himself closer to us as we draw closer to him but I I I pray that you would read Romans chapter 6 that's a good place to start uh, when God when when Paul says look grace is not a ticket to sin you've been saved by the blood of Christ you have been released from the power of sin you sin you're not a master you're not a, a servant of sin you're a servant of God you are a child of God so live like it and that is my challenge for you today is that you would recognize who you are in Christ you are not a slave to sin stop sinning and live a life that is pleasing to God because even though you might not have gotten caught God knows and that sin that you continue to do is separating you from God he wants to do a, a great work through you just like he did in the early church here in the book of Acts but he can't work through you if you continue to live a life of sin put away the sin read Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 get out of that web that just so easily ensnares us and tangles us up because you are free in Christ live like it God bless thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today you can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com please join us next time and when a challenge comes your way just grind it been grinding all my life sacrifice hustle pay the price want a slice got to roll the dice that's why all my life i've been grinding all my life all my life been grinding all